0: Hey guys, welcome to Off The Hinge. My name is Peter Riley. So I sat down yesterday and I started trying to come up with podcast ideas for this second podcast because I knew I wanted to put another one out there before the end of the week. And I came up with this list of ideas and such a wide range of topics that I just really didn't know where to get started because I'm passionate about a lot of different things. And So I figured that the best way for me to get started here and get the ball rolling is to allow my audience to lead me a little bit. And so I put a question box in my stories on Instagram and I allowed my audience through Instagram to ask me a bunch of questions about my life and uh, you know my witchcraft practice and kind of just like whatever they wanted to ask. And so I'm here today to answer some of those questions and so I'm going to jump into answering these questions uh, and try and stay on topic to the best of my ability. Okay, so the first question I have here today is, what is the best way to connect to your intuition? And so whenever I think of intuition and trying to, you know, strengthen my psychic ability, I like to think of it as a muscle. So the more you exercise it, the more you use it, the stronger it's going to become and the more likely... You are to trust it when you use it because it'll feel more stable. So I definitely think like the best way to connect to your own intuition is to add a simple intuitive practice to your daily life. Uh, Adding like a five minute meditation practice or just, you know, sitting still and holding your crystals or even just trying to be like more mindful and conscious of your emotions as you move through your daily life are great ways to just foster this like basic connection to intuition. And then when you're talking about trying to connect to your intuition in a deeper way, I would say you kind of have to be a little bit more uh, speculative about your daily life and try and just like, you know, put meaning to all of the things that are seemingly meaningless in your life. Try to like connect your emotions to what you're thinking and see where your emotions are leading you. And I would say like if you're doing that, you're going to find it's very easy to uh, connect to that intuition and to deepen that intuition. My next question goes a little bit into a different direction here, but the question is, what is the best concert that you've ever been to? Honestly, this is such a hard question for me because, uh, there was a time in my life where I was going to concerts and they were, they, they felt life changing every single one I was going to. But the first one that comes to mind is one night on a school night in a random night in February, uh me and my girlfriend drove across state lines to Connecticut from Albany, New York to go and see I See Stars and Chunk No Captain Chunk at this random bar in Hartford, Connecticut. And so we drove all the way there. When we got there, we found that the venue was a little bit weird. Uh, It was, you know, it was cool, but it was like a very small space for these bands that we perceived to be like have these crazy huge followings and inside it was like the side that they were playing on had like a bar so you were like kind of jammed up against the little wall next to the stage and uh it actually turned out to be one of the coolest concerts I ever went to because when Chunk No Captain Chunk was playing and people were moshing and like everyone was going crazy the whole it felt like the whole entire bar was about ready to collapse like the floor felt like it was just doing like waves and the building was like about to fall down. And honestly, it was one of like the most, uh, adrenaline pumping things that I've ever experienced. And then, uh, another like super memorable moment of that night for me was during Icy Stars, they're playing a song where basically it's talking about how like The, the dude, the lead singer is like in love with the music and like the crowd is like making his soul like light up. And when he was singing about it, they had these like crazy bright lights plant, like flashing behind them. And it was just such a good vibe and such like a, a life changing, like, like a touching, like soul moment is, you know, it sounds super cheesy, but it was honestly really cool And then also my girlfriend got hit in the face with the pick from the guitar and it's like, it's like her gift and her curse, whatever concerts we go to, if someone on stage throws something, it like hits her, like it always hits her. So (laughs) I remember that. And so we leave this place and it's like two o'clock in the morning. Both of us are just on this crazy adrenaline high because we just like danced and moshed our school night away. And, uh... As we're driving home, it starts blizzarding and we're like driving through like the hills of Connecticut into like the mountains of New York, like upstate New York, and the road is just completely white. We like had to make it back cuz we both had tests in the morning and uh <clears throat> I just remember like flying through this snowstorm, making it home and then waking up the next day and being like, "Oh my god, that concert changed my life, but I am exhausted." Uh, but so I mean that was definitely one of my best concerts I've ever been to I definitely right now during quarantine i'm missing concerts so much like I don't even know How i'm gonna find the perfect summer vibe without experiencing standing in the scorching sun Listening to like a brutal breakdown because for the past few years, uh, I know last year, you know uh, Warp Tour wasn't, you know, going anymore. But a few years before that, I was going to Warp Tour every single year to get, like, my fill of uh, festivals in the summer. And I'm, like, missing it so much right now. As I'm sure a lot of you guys are also missing concerts and missing festivals and even missing, like, going to out to eat at your favorite restaurants. It's been rough being trapped inside. So, like, This question about what was the best concert I ever been to really, really gave me like good vibes because it put me in a, a mindset where I was thinking about all of the cool times that I've had just listening to some of my favorite artists' music live. Now, my next question is, how can you protect yourself from people thinking negative thoughts about you? So, I really actually like this question a lot. I feel like it's a pretty important question with an important answer and it's super relevant to my own life because... I'm in the public eye a lot because of my social media and especially because I'm a witchcraft page and I, you know, I talk about a lot of occult things. People are automatically uh, looking at me and judging me for what I'm doing and in the beginning I definitely felt this a lot. I could feel the judgment of people are like kind of like bearing down on me as the days went by and as my page grew and grew and of course right now at, you know, 57,000 people, I would consider that to be very in the public eye, so uh, protecting myself from negative thoughts and negative intentions is definitely something that I take very seriously. The first important thing that you wanna remember when you're trying to protect yourself from negative intentions and people thinking negative thoughts about you is the more that you allow that negative vibration to like break down your positive outlook on the world, the easier it's gonna be for those negative intentions to throw you off course. So you really kinda wanna try and find this super balanced space for yourself where you can keep yourself composed even in the face of negative energy. The second thing that you can do to protect yourself from people thinking negative thoughts about you is actually go the witchcraft route And you can put clear quartz on your windowsills or above your doorways. You can put a thorn bush in the garden by the front of your home. You can put uh, orange with clove pressed into them hanging from your front porch. Uh, But basically, you can put anything around your house to absorb that negative energy before it actually reaches you. And now this last part might sound a little... uh, I don't know, like a little obvious or maybe it doesn't seem like it would have the biggest effect on protecting yourself, but keeping your spaces feeling like homey and clean is one of the most important things that you can do to keep negative energy from sticking to you and sticking to the spaces that you live in. I guarantee like if you have this bad energy following you around and you clean up your spaces, it'll naturally begin to flow out of your life again. So of course, I think it's really important to try and protect yourself from these negative intentions of others and the negative thoughts of others. But you're never going to really be able to uh, stop people from thinking negative things about you, especially if you're in the public eye or if you're, you know, if you're putting yourself out there in a big way. So you really just have to kind of figure out how to adjust to all of this energy coming through your coming through your doors on a daily basis and figure out how to keep that negative energy moving in such a way that it doesn't stick to you. Because that's where it gets difficult is if you get something attached to you or if you get this negative energy that's keeping you stuck in place. Okay, and so the next question that I have here from you guys is, do you have any crystal suggestions to help with anxiety? So I definitely have an ongoing battle with anxiety in my life, and um, crystals actually have been something that really does help and support me in overcoming that anxiety. Almost every single crystal could be used for any purpose, I feel like, if you really connect with a stone and you feel that it helps you with something. uh, I would tell you to kind of, you know, do experiments and see what works for you. But the stones that have really helped me with anxiety are definitely fluorite. Uh, for one, I have a fluorite palm stone, and this is like my number one anxiety stone because it's so smooth that whenever I start to get anxiety, I can just put it in between my hands and kind of like uh, rub my palms over it. And it really does help to calm me down and make me feel like, you know, my, my power is in my own hands. Like I'm able to overcome the anxiety that I'm feeling. Another stone that I really like for dealing with stress and anxiety is blue calcite. So this is just a really calming stone. I really like to just carry a blue calcite in my pocket when I know I'm going to have a day where I might be dealing with a lot of stressful things and stressful situations. Um, Blue calcite is definitely something that I'll carry if I know that I'm going to go have to be around someone super stressful or someone super high energy because it just brings like a... A peaceful vibe to the situation. And then the last stone that I want to talk about for uh, anxiety at least is rose quartz. And now I think that rose quartz is a great crystal to work with if your anxiety is based in trauma. Um, You know, basically, like if you suffered some traumatic event in your life that uh, left you feeling very anxious and nervous about the world. Rose Quartz is really going to help you overcome that in a big way by like helping you to heal that traumatized space within yourself. Those are just a few stones that I use in my practice to help me with anxiety. Um, but there are definitely many, many more that people use in their own lives. And you know, what, what works for you might not work for me. So um, basically what I suggest is just Buying some crystals and seeing how they impact your life in total. Now, my next question here that I have from you guys is, uh, what is it like to have a bunny for a pet? And so, I always knew that one day I would have a bunny for a pet because my girlfriend is obsessed with bunnies. And she had had like indoor bunnies in the past. So, I knew one day it would happen. But I never knew how life-changing it would actually be to have a pet bun. And now, the weird part about bunnies is, like, they're, like, a weird mix of both a cat and a dog. So, like, my bunny goes to the bathroom in a litter box, but he doesn't, like, you know, he's not, like, a super emotional, lovey creature like a cat in in that way. He's more like a dog where he's kind of, like, aloof and does his own thing, has his own personality. Um... But so, having a bunny is super weird because he has a whole entire personality. Like, if I don't feed him at exactly the time that I'm supposed to feed him, if I'm two minutes late, he is waiting for me, running around my feet, biting my socks, going crazy. Um, there are times where, in the middle of the night, he is pulling wires down and pulling paper towel rolls off of things. And I wake up and I think I'm getting like home invaded and it's really just my bunny ripping apart an Amazon box on like the side of the little doggy gate thing that separates my my bedroom from his living quarters. And uh, so there's definitely times where having a bunny is one of the most weirdly enlightening experiences ever because it's almost like you never realize... Uh, what personality these small creatures can have until you have one that has more of a personality than you. And, uh, so all of this goes without mentioning that, you know, I, this bunny, we didn't seek him out. Uh, one day right before a snowstorm at my girlfriend's parents' house, they saw this, this indoor bunny running around their backyard, scared and they went and they captured him and then they, you know, they took him in and they tried to take care of him and they took him to the vet and he joined our lives in this way. And then he ended up here with us. Um I never really sought out the experience of having a bunny as a pet, at least up until now in my life. And having him is truly rewarding in a weird way. Like, I love feeding this bun salads every single morning. He waits for me to put blueberries in his salad. And you could just tell that he's extremely grateful for, for that. And, you know, it's just like a really endearing thing for me. I love my bunny. Um, so, you know, I think the best part about having a bunny is that they become actually a part of your family. Like, you feel like their personality either fits in or doesn't fit in with what you're trying to go for. And either way, it's just cool to have another creature around with a, with a bold personality. And so our next question here is gonna be, have you ever experienced sleep paralysis? So for those of you that are listening that don't know what sleep paralysis is, sleep paralysis is basically when you wake up and you're still half dreaming, but your body is still basically like shut down and turned off as it is when you're in your REM cycle. So you don't have any of your motor functions, but your eyes are open and you think you're awake. I've actually only ever experienced sleep paralysis one time. And so it was when I was in high school, I used to have this iHome that I would plug my iPod into and it was like a big stereo and it had a bright blue LED screen. And every single night I would put on music and I would go to sleep and I would fall asleep listening to music. So my music would play all night long. And I remember this one time I woke up into this sleep paralysis and uh, I could hear the music playing and I could see the blue light from the radio. And uh, while I was laying in bed, I couldn't move or turn my head really, but I could hear something going on by the window and I heard the window just slowly creaking open and as it creaked open, I could turn my head just like an inch to turn it to see that at this moment, there was a a creature that looked like a silhouette of a black creature that looked like a rat and it had bright glowing eyes and it slowly crawled from the windowsill onto my dresser and it crawled across the dresser all the way to my face and it was sitting there face to face with me. And I was looking into its eyes and they were just like bright red, like burning holes in me. And I just remember feeling like I was trying to yell. But all I could do is get at like let out like a a faint like grunt. Like I couldn't actually like I couldn't actually say anything and I couldn't actually move to help myself. And I just remember like seeing this creature And then all of the sudden blinking, and being actually awake, and being in my bedroom in the morning, and it not even being dark anymore, and just remembering the feeling of knowing that that was something dark, like that that was a dark energy that was infiltrating my spaces, that was keeping me stuck in between like the physical realm and the astral realm, and Um, I've always remembered that feeling to this day. I've never experienced it since then. Um, but sleep paralysis is definitely something that a lot of people question whether or not it is, uh, an entity attacking you or something like some evil energy that is like manifesting and trying to like infest your life as you're waking up or as you're dreaming. Or if sleep paralysis is just a scientific thing explained by your brain not turning back on in time as you wake up. And I think there's probably truth to both sides of this. I think that uh, a lot of the times you're experiencing sleep paralysis, it probably is some sort of energy that is interfering with your ability to like bring yourself back to your uh, your conscious being. And um, I also feel like there is a brain chemicals piece to this. So... I definitely don't want to downplay that sleep paralysis is definitely a scientific, scientifically, like, proven thing. Like, your body is just stuck in your REM cycle. But I don't know if I could for sure say that those two things don't go hand in hand. Okay, so now the next question that I have here is, what was your most memorable tarot reading? And so, uh, this one is like a super wholesome question for me because it really brings me to, uh, the most impactful tarot reading that I've ever done in my life which is for my girlfriend and so eight years ago I was hanging out with two friends and one of those friends was like hey can I invite my friend over to your house and I was like yeah sure and so this random chick came to my house and she came into my bedroom and the first thing that I asked her was hey can I read your tarot cards and she was like uh okay what does that mean And then I asked her, what torments your soul? And she told me that she had been dealing with a lot of bullshit in her life and that she was really over her current like relationship issues. So she wanted me to pull cards for that. And I got into it and I pulled her cards and I remember her just sitting there on my bed looking at me like I had 25 heads or something, like I was the weirdest person in the entire world. And from there we became really, really good friends. And our relationship just naturally evolved into, uh, you know, the most fulfilling relationship that I've ever had in my entire life. And we, from that point forward, both just had this, this like hunger for adventure and hunger for exploring because we met in such a weird way. I feel like we were both just never okay with settling for what is completely normal. We both always just wanted to be super extra and go go the extra mile to do like the crazy thing. So we've been just adventuring and exploring this world for the past eight years. And I feel like this is my most memorable tarot reading because it's one of the only tarot readings I've ever done for someone else that truly just impacted my life in a major way and set like a million like chain reactions going into my life in all directions that changed my life for the better. The next question that we're gonna have today is have you ever used a Ouija board and what is your opinion on Ouija boards? I have definitely played with uh, many Ouija boards in my life and so I do have a lot of experience in doing so. Uh, I've been using a Ouija board since I was a small child, and a lot of people always question whether or not, you know, the Ouija board is real or whether or not it's really connecting you to spirits. And the thing is, I definitely think that your subconscious plays a big piece in how the Ouija board works and how the Ouija board uh, reveals a message to you. But I also definitely know for a fact from experience that you can really make contact with some powerful energies through the Ouija board. Um, for instance, uh, one of the most impactful times that I've ever used a Ouija board, uh, it was with my girlfriend. And we made contact with my um, my puppy that had recently passed away like in, under a year ago. And when we did this, like, I could just feel my puppy's energy in the room. I could feel his energy all around me. And like, I knew that it was really, um, it was really who it was claim who he was claiming to be. And so moments like that on the Ouija board, where you can just like feel the emotion in the air are reasons why I believe that it's true, why it really can connect you to the other side. And it really can be a strong tool and a strong medium in uh, providing you with the route of contact to, um, spirits and different entities. Uh, but I also, I recognize that the Ouija board isn't always going to work in the way that you expect it to. So I've definitely had times where the energy in the air just doesn't feel right. And so I don't feel like it's a good time to bust out a Ouija board and start, you know, asking questions because I don't really want to know the answers to, um, why the energy is off or, you know, why I'm just not feeling right about it. So I definitely think a Ouija board is something that can open doors. And if you're trying to open those doors, that's great. But you always have to keep in mind that when you open a door, sometimes uh, energies that you didn't expect or energies that you didn't want to come in are going to barge into your spaces. So if you're going to play with the Ouija board, do it responsibly, do it in a smart way. Make sure you're protecting yourself and um, definitely take it seriously. Don't really, you really want to err on the the side of seriousness and not really play around with, with the spirits and the unknown. And so the next question that we have um, really made me laugh when I read it. And it's, do you have any musical talent at all? Or are you just a big fan of music in general? And so the thing about this is, Sorry, my bunny just ran over my skateboard and flung it into the wall. Um, so the thing the thing about this question is musical talent, um, it depends what you mean there. I like to sing and I think that I'm okay at it. But am I like inclined to understand rhythm and like, you know, like music theory? Like absolutely not. I've never really been like the type of person that could just pick up an instrument and instantly understand how to make music. I took piano lessons as a kid and I've tried to get into learning how to play the keyboard, but it's definitely like I have to try really hard to um submerse myself in like a musical instrument and like submerse myself in understanding how to make uh how to make music because it, it honestly it doesn't come natural to me. But I am a huge fan of music and being involved in the music industry in some way has always been part of um you know, like my dreams and what I desire, but I don't know if that's making music or just having a say in, you know, what music is good or what music is uh worth promoting or I don't know if it's on like the production end or the artist end. I'm really honestly not sure at this point in my life. For fear of this becoming redundant, I want to, I think, answer one more question before I bring this to a close. And so the final question that I want to answer today is, do you think that you've ever been cursed? Uh, What are your thoughts on curses and witchcraft? And so I want to say right off the bat that I kind of have a different way of looking at curses and hexes. And the reason is because in order to put someone through something extremely negative, you need to drop your own vibe to that same negative place that you're trying to Inspire in that person's life that you're trying to like bring down upon them. And so I think whether it's subconsciously or consciously, this is how you're going to send a curse in someone's direction. And now I think that there are times where it is perfectly okay to become the force of um, kind of like karmic ret- retribution. I think it's okay to take that into your own hands if you're really dealing with someone that won't leave you alone or is ruining your life then by all means put your energy into um knocking them down a few ranks but for the most part i think that it's more beneficial to just focus on yourself and focus on strengthening yourself rather than curse someone else because most people are going to fall off the wagons at some point by themselves they don't really need your help in pushing them down Uh, into a bad place. Most people are just going to get there naturally because that's the cycle of life. But, um, so now I also, I think of curses in a different way because a lot of curses are self-imposed curses. Now, what I mean by this is for me, I grew up poor and I grew up feeling like no matter what, I was never going to have enough money. And until quite recently in my life, actually, As an adult, I would work my butt off and I would make a lot of money and I always felt like I would never have enough and that was always my truth, was that I was always struggling until one day I realized that by feeling like I would never have enough, I was actually living in a space where I would never have enough money. I would never have enough to feel comfortable and to feel secure. And so I think curses work in a a way like that. Like sometimes it's not always, you know you're going to get a flat tire or you're not always going to get injured or something because someone is wishing something bad on you. It might just be that a negative energy is bringing you down to a place in your daily life that's keeping you from moving forward, keeping you stuck and keeping you from realizing what is actually keeping you stuck is your own perpetuation of the subconscious cycle. So I definitely think like, For me, at least in my life, curses have really taken more of that shape, more of like a self-imposed, subconscious, like mental block type of uh, energy. But I'm definitely not discounting that there are powerful people out there that have the ability to um, hurt and negatively impact someone's life just with their intention and energy I just don't personally agree with that unless you really have to take that route. So I know that this podcast has kind of been all over the place and so I really wanted it to be like that. I wanted it to kind of open as many doors to talk about different random topics as I possibly could. So thank you guys for listening and you know bearing with me while I figure out how to make this process feel more natural and how to find my flow in talking about um, just whatever topic is on my mind. This is Off The Hinge Podcast. My name is Peter Riley. You can find me on Instagram at peter. If you have any more questions that you would maybe want answered on my podcast, or you just want to submit your crazy, mysterious occult experiences to me, please feel free to reach out. It's been a pleasure talking to you guys, and until next time, see ya!